1: you like professional wrestling well we like professional wrestling too so shake them ropes i am jeff hawkins joined as always by chris novembrino and let me tell you something kids you like a heavy news week this is the week for you it's gonna be a lot of news and probably a lot of a dynamite on the lazy river for me i don't know what chris has up his sleeve but I'm sure he'll throw me for a loop somewhere. How's it going,
0: Chris? Uh, I, I'm a man of mystery. I'm a wild card. I'm the X Factor of Shake Them Ropes. Well, and I'm I, happy to be here, Hawkins.
1: I, I, I've never heard of this video game you were talking about. So I'm like, oh, what is that?
0: Um- okay, so. <laughs> So, I went on the Xbox store here, I don't know, like a week and a half ago, and I was just looking through, like, what's on sale, and I saw this title, Romancing Saga 3, and I was just, like, looking at what it is, and it's a game made by Squaresoft uh, back Ah. in the mid-90s, around the same vintage as Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI, Right, right in between them. I think this came out in 1995, but it only came out in Japan, and... They finally released it in the United States, I don't know, like a couple few years ago, here now. And I'm, I'm trying it out. Uh, I'm, I'm really into it. It's uh, a far more complicated JRPG than either of those games. And what makes it really interesting is that while there is a story, part of the game, or the game is more built around experiencing the world. There are eight different main characters, and you can play... You can start the quest as any of the eight, and each one has a completely different path through the world and a different way of experiencing the world. And so you get to sort of have that Rashomon-like different ways of looking at the same thing experience and different and er, different interactions and, and seeing how these different characters are from playing as them as the main or whatever. Uh, it's It's a very difficult game. There's lots of interesting formations. And then there are... Lots of strange extra characters that you can recruit. The uh, the one that maybe most pertains to our interests is there is a lobster named Boston, <laughs> who uh is really good at melee and can do like suplexes and stuff like that.
1: A Boston lobster.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was I was thinking he was a crab, but then I like looked. I was like, because you know Boston crab, but uh, and he was doing all like the kind of melee attacks and everything like that. But no, it's a lobster.
1: You pronounce melee.
0: Melee, don't melee. Don't it okay. just. I'm gotten. not. I'm not particular. I like. I kind of switch back and forth because I don't. I've I've never been 100 on that word. So like I've I, heard
1: I, banal and banal. So it's yeah. Okay, it. okay. Yeah, cool.
0: see, so you just sort of hedge your bets. Yeah. Yeah. At least I'm right <laughs> half the time.
1: No, I, I like going through like old. Like I'm a I'm a PlayStation guy, so I like going through and and they they have for very very cheap, of course, the uh, PlayStation Two hits on the PlayStation Four, which I have. And playing old Rockstar games, The Warriors, based on the 1977, I believe Walter Hill movie, it's it's pretty great. It's a pretty that's a fun great one. B-
0: Bully's pretty good. Bully's uh, fun.
1: Rockstar it, games are just fun. I yeah,
0: love them. yeah, it, like uh, the kind of the differing titles. Yeah, real cool. as
1: opposed to like on the PS4 where you're just depressing yourself, you know, because like Red Dead Redemption Two, I love, but at the same time, it's like I don't want to. Have to
0: skin meat and make furs i just want to shoot things bro i enjoyed that game but i got tired of the fetch quests yeah i I, you just you get there's a certain point like in many of those rockstar games where and i i'm saying this as i'm playing like going out on
1: dates in grand theft auto 4 it's like come on man
0: (laughs) yeah it it, it's just not fun One, one of the things i really like about this game too because like obviously jrpgs kind of come with a little bit of that they have this like fast in and out of the town system where i can just hit x and i can get out of a get out of a room and then get out of the town i don't have to run out of the town each time so (laughs) you actually can like save steps and like navigate around very very quickly
1: okay this is being recorded as rampage starts and before smackdown so anything that happens on that those shows will not be discussed here today
0: I am sure it will be fire and we'll be regretting this choice to tape early this weekend, but sacrifices must be made.
1: The talk of the industry happened Monday night during the first hour of Monday Night Raw. Sasha Banks and Naomi, your WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, walked out of the company. What we do know is that they were scheduled for the Six Pack Challenge main event, which was advertised on television, and that is what we actually know right now we've heard rumors we've heard innuendo we heard what plans were etc and now to give you both sides of the story on the wwe side they quickly put out a message on social media quote when sasha banks and naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's monday night raw During the broadcast, they walked into WWE head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis' office, with their suitcases in hand, placed their tag team championship belts on his desk, and walked out. They claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions, and even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they'd had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. Monday Night Raw is a prescripted live TV show whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. We regret we were unable to deliver, as advertised, tonight's main event. Now to add to this, Corey Graves went on the air and was put in the position of of criticizing both of them, saying that it was that it was originally meant to be a six pack challenge until WWE Women's Tag Team Champions Sasha Banks and Naomi summarily and unprofessionally left the arena before this match could take place. Now, there's been a little bit of a leakage, I believe. This is also a rumor and innuendo, though, from the Sasha and Naomi side given to a third-party Twitter account. This is what it says. This is quoting from the Wrestling Observer. As far as Banks and Naomi's side, a Twitter thread, which a few in the company said was essentially them getting their side out to an account labeled, quote, security at Just Jocelyn's Cabaret, and that was privately said to be a basically accurate story from their perspective, read, quote, you are approached in February as being put in a tag team after both being promised big feuds at WrestleMania. You bite the bullet and put everything you got into this being a tag team. It works. You get over. Win the titles at WrestleMania and become merchandise pushers. Five weeks into your reign, you show up to live TV and ready to work. You are told you will be in the main event, and you are happy. You both are then told that one of you will be going over from pinning the other. You have questions why that decision was made and how it helps you all. You request a meeting with your boss to discuss it. Your boss takes the meeting, and everything is actually going well. He understands your concerns. The meeting ends well, and the match is told to be reconstructed. For some reason, producers get mad about it. You then ask, with one of your members going over, what happens to your titles. You are told basically that you'll just be carrying the belts. They want you to use, they want to use you to help both women's champions get more over. Bianca versus Naomi, Sasha versus Ronda. Neither of you will win solo titles, and you won't defend your tag titles until Money in the Bank, July second in Las Vegas. You ask for another meeting with your boss, but this time you are being called spoiled. A producer walks away screaming. He comes back and tells both of you to fix your attitude. You all have a brief meeting amongst yourselves and decide to stand up for yourselves. You go to another boss and make it clear you just have concerns. You ask, why are we even in the match and why aren't other women in it? You ask why your title has had no stories for the last two months. Again, you are met, met with fix your attitudes and asking others, you make the ultimate decision as a team. It's sad how one side is trying to create an effed up ma- narrative. Also, it was asked, why were Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop in the match instead of starting their own program tonight? Naomi nor Sasha talked down about their being in the ring with I- either one. I don't know how that got flipped. Chris, I have thoughts, but I have been talking for a while and I need some water. What is your take on all of this?
0: I think of the two sides, the Naomi and Sasha side seems more plausible. I don't okay. actually think that they expressed concerns about the safety of working with Nikki or do I
1: don't either. I, think I, I just evil. don't. Piper that Niven. Yes,
0: yes. Piper Niven and Nikki are both fantastic talents that in the ring. That was a poison
1: it, pill it, by the company for if they return to sell locker room discord. That, to me...
0: Yeah. That, I, that, that's what just, that was to I me. simply don't believe that beat... Um, not Bianca. Uh, Naomi and Sasha think that Nikki and Piper are bad wrestlers. Correct. I, I just I, I that that. You. That beggars belief. So, that was strike one <laughs> against WWE for me. Second... I feel like them that statement of WWE is a pre-scripted show. Like, I, I don't know. I've been searching for the word for how that line strikes me. But like, can, can I tell you how it
1: struck me? Sure. And maybe it'll help you clarify your thinking. You remember when others like JBL would make fun of the women for having the date they won the title? tattooed on their back because sure. you're just marks
0: sure absolutely yeah this, I remember that. this
1: is them telling the talent it's pre-scripted it's a tv show you're actors stop being marks and thinking this is real
0: right right this and this actually reminds me if we're gonna go on the way back machine with quotes it reminds me of the cm punk exit interview line where he goes wins and losses obviously don't matter but like also they do Uh, uh, To paraphrase him, which is to say that like, yes, it's pre-scripted. Yes, we are characters on television. Yes, 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 yes. But also when you are moving merchandise, when you actually have some value in your character, when your act is over, it matters whether or not you're winning or not. Um, when Sean Spears, I'm uh, just a random example at the top of my head, when Sean Spears was still in WWE system and he was Ty Dillinger as the perfect 10, that guy could move merchandise as the perfect 10. Um, They didn't want to push him like that. And it's unfortunate because they left, and he's just a super minor example of money on the table that is left, um, and it affects the performers because they get a cut of all the merchandise sales, uh, by not winning, by not getting a more premier sort of presentation on the show. So wins and losses don't matter. Yeah, it's pre-scripted, but it matters what that scripting is because what that scripting is drives revenue for the individual performers.
1: You are, of course, correct on all of this. Let me, I'm not exactly pushing back, but I think there's enough, how, how, how do I put this? Blame on both sides, or at least things that we're doing wrong here to go around. Now, WWE has every right to say, this is the creative, you people need to do it. That said, with the disagreement happening and with others being released due to disagreements, such as Tony Storm over bad creative, to come out with that statement on social media and to do that on television, to me, is petty and unprofessional. That's sending CM Punk, speaking of which, a pink slip by FedEx on his wedding day when you don't have to. To call them unprofessional on the air and to put out a statement that they're unprofessional, that's thats just
0: wrong. Yeah, incorporating into the television shows, a totally, it was a totally different level. In
1: a show where they are constantly rewriting the show during the show. Oh, we're sorry that the planned main event didn't go off as planned. Give me an effing break. Uh, and I guess that's, writing- the, uh,
0: that's the other reason why their complaints ring super hollow on this. It is not like this company has been committing themselves to eight-week booking patterns or something like that. They are writing this crap the day of sometimes. <laughs> yes. And it's and, him, and so, not,
1: not them. It's him.
0: Him. Yes. He is writing this crap the day of. And so... It, they act like what Bianca and Sasha wanted was so beyond the pale. Na- was such Naomi a- and Sasha,
1: yeah. let me correct you there. Yes, yeah. thank
0: you, thank you. <laughs> um, like, Naomi and Sasha was so beyond the pale here. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, it, no, no. I, I mean, yes, obviously every wrestler can't do it every week, but n- this is not a show that it is so sacrosanct Um, and these booking patterns are so locked. In. And I guess I, to be a little less like, jokey about it it wouldn't matter if SummerSlam had already been booked out and the main event this week involving Bianca I'm sorry Naomi and Sasha uh the main event to to go on to see who's gonna face Bianca yes Yes. uh the, the, the main event between those two um if that was involved in how SummerSlam was booked and what Naomi and Sasha were asking Vince to do would actually fundamentally change his card for SummerSlam, eh, they have a stronger argument then. But I can tell you, they don't really know what's on that SummerSlam card right now. So this changed nothing. This, it's hard to argue that what Naomi and Sasha wanted w- was hurting the bottom line you of could the have company.
1: Naomi pin either Nikki A.S.H. or Dewdrop and get to the same place. As opposed to pinning Sasha Banks. Now, that being said, let's go to the other side of the ledger here, Chris, shall we? Okay. I like Sasha Banks a lot. I love Sasha Banks, as a matter of fact. She's probably my favorite performer. I like this tag team of Sasha and Naomi. I think when you are actors in a performance and it is being written and the stories are being written and you are a star... They should treat you like a star. And Sasha Banks is a star. She's been getting downplayed ever since she came back from the Mandalorian stuff to me. And she look the people that are saying who are talking to the observer because the observer people were going, I have no sympathy for them. I think those are the people that are a little higher on the pecking order than Sasha, to be honest with you. You can guess who that is and who would talk to Dave Meltzer. That said, Sasha cares a lot a lot about her legacy and also building women's wrestling she and Bailey begged for months perhaps even more than a year to have women's tag team titles and once those tag team titles did not just be props but to be well-respected titles that said you're in the WWE they could give a rip about tag team titles. Their modus operandi has always been to build main event single stars by beating the tag champs. It has been that way for over 20 years now.
0: And, and their other modus operandi is to use tag teams as a vehicle for one of the two performers. Yes. And I think that might have been the other bone of contention yes. for it Naomi yes, and Sasha because neither one of them wanted to be fed to the other.
1: Correct. That also said WWE in some ways barely gives a rip about women's wrestling so far as it can be used as buzzwords and marketing. And you know, if it provides certain entertainment to the people at home, if there's star power, like Ronda Rousey, sure. They'll get it. If Becky Lynch finds the rocket, great. We'll use that. But overall, it's a means to an end like everybody else, for the most part, if you can make your money, it's going to make you money. Both Naomi and Sasha have re-signed knowing this to then say, okay, I don't want to play ball with what you're saying. I agree with it a hundred percent. I do. But (laughs) this is the life we chose Said Hyman Roth in The Godfather 2. There is something too that just read your lines and let's all just make money type of thing to this. I'm not fully on board with that. Don't get me wrong, Chris. I'm not, I'm not standing well, s- up. Uh,
0: that sounds really good until no, the prospect is I'm, making less money. Yes. That, yes that, that, that's yes. what I'm saying. It, and, and, I think, yeah.
1: and I think that's where I get with you. I'm not, I'm not standing up for WWE here. In any, anyway, I'm saying that I'm thinking people need to stop deluding themselves about change from within in a product that doesn't want to change from within and in a product that makes more and more money every year. And all Vince is going to do when you give these ideas, like it, when you say that the product is bad, is going to point to the ledger sheet and say scoreboard.
0: Yeah, so uh, based on that, honestly, it makes me applaud their decision to do this even more so. Um, okay, I, I, I think the only thing okay. Vince respects then Jeff is force. Um, and, and I, I, I just the scolding tone of this is pre-scripted. Don't you get yes. that this is fake? Yes. Yes. it is, is Is it? It. it really reduce it it illustrates to me if they really believe that that they do not understand the other side of the argument and even if they do understand the other side of the argument taking this posture says that they do not respect or appreciate or understand where the performers are coming from so you're right change from within like the uh you know we'll start the revolution now individuals are just gonna have to stand their ground uh you know that I think sometimes that's hard for individuals to realize um, like, and cause we're all hoping we're all hoping that someone else is going to, you know, pick up the flag, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, no one wants to be their own hero of the story. they like to outsource it, but I, I, I think that it's actually great that uh, Naomi and Sasha did this.
1: Yeah. And they also like to outsource the villain too, because John Laurinaitis being head of talent relations, very little to do with this. To be honest with you, this is all
0: Vince. This is all Vince, yeah. It's all Vince. All I mean, Vince. it's...
1: I, I just... I... <laughs> look, I, I've said this on Twitter, and, and my mentions blew up, and I muted it afterwards, so I didn't see a lot of responses to this. But I said... And I think I've said here, the one person, the horsewomen, who would be a game-changer for AEW and move that needle would be Sasha Banks. And then Sasha could also go and do her TV projects. Because I think... Look, this is strike two for Sasha walking out of the company because she's not happy with the creative, and, and 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 actually, it might be strike three now that I think about it. But maybe I'm I might be conflating strike one because there was the the thing with the tag champs and losing them, and then also leaving for that sabbatical, and then she was brought back to do the the uh, the angle with Natty, and then later Becky. Sasha's gonna take care of Sasha. Don't need to worry about Sasha. Sasha's made. Naomi, I got a few concerns about.
0: <laughs> but, but <laughs> Naomi's also covered by Jey Uso. So and I, Roman in some And words. Roman, if Roman and, right, decides right. to speak up, right.
1: Roman will get his way. Right. A, yeah. So, I, I, so
0: no, I actually, I really applaud this move because both of them are in a good position to do it. It's not for everyone to do, and so I wouldn't want everyone to just. Do it willy nilly, but like no, I, I broadly speaking think that this is a good thing.
1: Stephanie McMahon announced yesterday she's taking a leave of absence to spend more time with the family. Uh, promises she quote will be back. There is no timetable on this. Uh of interest and dug up by friend of the show, David Bixenspan. She edited her LinkedIn account to take off all references to WWE as her employer. Now there's still WWE branding on there and like the in the in the pictures and the photos and stuff, but it has been removed from her CV on her LinkedIn. That's kind of fascinating. I'll give you another odd take, but I don't think this has anything to do with it. But it is interesting. The the I'm taking a leave of absence to spend more time with my family. Is generally not a genuine statement. It's generally covering up for either a forced resignation of some kind or someone got caught doing something bad. Now in, in her case, I do believe it probably has a lot to do with her husband and his health problems. And, and you know what, maybe there's been a little bit of a, of a reshuffling of priorities there. Maybe, you know what, she's going to be stay at home while he goes in the office now when the kids are there. Um, But it is interesting to talk about. And it. it's especially interesting to talk about given, now that Shane has lost favor in the company, and Triple H has lost favor in the company, and Nick Khan is gaining a lot of uh, a lot of power behind the scenes. Chris,
0: I think all of this further points to there is not going to be a return to WWE for Stephanie McMahon, or at least she's not planning on one. Because I think this company is getting sold. I think that the demobilization of McMahon named individuals speaks to a long-term future without McMahon control of the company. And I, th- I just increasingly think this ends with them selling.
1: Okay. A lot of people think that that might end up being the case too. Uh, Nick Khan, I think I could, he could sell the company. I do think Bruce Pritchard and uh, Kevin Dunn are big winners as they continue to survive in this company. And like they're tough lot, I just it's. it's uh, like- Bruce
0: Pritchard's the one that really baffles you, right? Because he wasn't al- <laughs> he wasn't always in. So like, as we're in like kind of like the final days, it's crazy that he's like one of the last barnacles still attached to the hole here.
1: If this company ends up being sold, I want a Game of Thrones type of show where it's just like they're the the McMahon's are the Lannisters and everybody's trying to. <laughs> just what would that make fans.
0: Bruce Pritchard? I don't know enough about that show. He's, like, he's ha- very
1: little. I think Kevin Dunn might be Littlefinger, but but Bruce Pritchard could be like a, the Maester or something like that. It could be in that inner. He's in the he's in the, in the inner sanctum, but he's also has his own agendas within the inner sanctum. So yeah, I can see that happening. Uh, Moving on, the Cardiff show is expensive and it's far more expensive than people were expecting. WWE at its investor called out that 85,000 people had signed up to buy tickets, including 59,000 on the first day after the show was announced. But after the first day, there were no sections sold out and much of the top deck was not even put on sale. It would appear this is about pricing as all day on May 18th. Wrestling Observer received complaints about the cost of attending with people noting that for less money they could go they could practically go to Los Angeles next year see 2 Days of Mania because the ticket prices and ticket surcharges were so high. It was a very weird deal. As many said that the lowest price they could get was 225 pounds, 281 dollars and 25 cents when they logged in and passed on it. Later in the day when they were told there were cheaper tickets available, they were able to get tickets for 39 pounds, $49.25. It was noted at first, they only put expensive seats on sale. So people freaked out. People noted huge differences in prices through later logins for the same sections. There were talks of front row with fees being more than $5,000. But the reality is for front row, people either will be willing to pay for it, or if they aren't, the price will drop but there were a ton of complaints about the pricing. The pricing across the board will drop in time if the demand gets smaller as the high prices are shown to the original people in line were because of the feeling they would pay them. And obviously, many did because of the rarity of a show being in the UK. <laughs> I don't know, man. I you know what? I am a, I am for people not paying a lot to go to live shows. I really am but if you can soak them, Chris, <laughs> they're going to, I, I just, it's, it, this is, this is hilarious to me that that's that like, they're going, Oh, we're going to get a show. It's going to be a big show and we really want to see it and not expecting them to at least try and get as much money out of the rare. It, it It's, it's the uh, it's the typical uh, little supply, lots of demand type of thing. And yeah, it's a crappy thing to do. It is an absolutely uh, I'm trying to watch my language here. It is shady as hell to go in there and jack up prices for your rare stadium show in the UK, but if people will pay for it, why wouldn't you?
0: Okay. I'll, ca- I'll counterpoint a point on this. Um, go for it. I, I think the mistake that WWE has made here is when you come in and you ask for this large of a price, I'm with you. You can ask whatever price you want. Oh, I'm you know. not
1: for this. I'm just
0: saying. No, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying it like raw market economics. Of course, you can always ask for whatever price you yes. want. Like, like if this is an econ class, right? Um, now, pulling it out of the econ class and back into the real world. So you see your consumer, your British consumer looks at this and goes 225 pounds to see WWE. Um, And and then also this whole little scammy thing involving moving ticket prices. And all of these things discourage them from wanting to see WWE. And it makes it even less likely that they would see WWE again going forward. And this is not good when like WWE UK, uh, as Malcolm Bivens put it, is basically where one could go to hide (laughs) in the witness protection program. Um, like, like it's, it's a pretty damning indictment of where WWE's British brand is circa versus where it was 10 years ago, where they're going, Hey, Hey Bailey. And like, yes. you know, all, all that stuff. And I mean, these people were the hottest crowd in the world for world wrestling entertainment. Um, let, let me pause you right there though. Uh, they soaked it for a decade Hawkins. And I oh, think they've been really stupid.
1: Oh, they've been killing these guys. They've been they've been promising them the world, and you know every every investor call. Every what are you guys coming to the UK? What are you guys coming to the UK? And every time they do a tour of the UK, they give them the most half-assed show. Half-assed inexplicably, booking.
0: like the crowd's there to be in it, and you and it would launch a good six to eight weeks of television based off of that one strong show. And like they, they, it's almost like they go to the UK and they give them the finger for liking the product. They,
1: they put, they put the car and the telephone, the red telephone booth and the double decker bus out on the stage and go take this suckers. And then they give them a second rate NXT that kills their entire indie <laughs> indie uh, uh, circuit. You know, I I just, if you're with the UK, why do you keep, it's the Naomi Sasha thing. You know what they are. Why do you keep falling for this crap? It's just like, it's like, I get it. Everybody, oh man, we're fans. Oh, we're going to, we're going to, we're finally going to get a big show. We're finally going to get a mania. Dude, this thing is going to suck. I think I don't, I, I can't tell you that for sure. But it's <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna soak all y'all again and you gotta leave disappointed as to why you didn't get as big it's probably gonna be a story show. It's probably gonna be to set up for the next pay-per-view in America, and you guys are gonna feel like suckers. And I'm just like, why? Why do you do this to yourselves knowing that they just abuse you? It's an abusive relationship for the UK fans, and I feel for them because so many of them fly over from Mania, and I've met a ton of them and they're Freaking great fans who love this terrible, terrible
0: company. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, 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 it, it, it just it, it baffles. Oh, that's all. That's all I can and, say. And can the say. other
1: point that and and Meltzer made this point on, on wrestling radio and I, Observer radio, and I thought it was a really good one. Is that WWE as a company is upset by the number of 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 uh, of um, um, okay, what's what's the name for uh, people who buy tickets and resell them? Uh, scalpers, scalpers scalpers they're upset that the scalpers are are getting more money than they are with these tickets so that's why they put the tickets up for sale so high so that scalpers wouldn't buy them so that they could get so, the money so so that
0: they can do the scalping.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so i'm like oh my god this company this company can and then the processing fees for more expensive tickets. So you're giving more money to Ticketmaster or whoever the hell you're working there. And that thing's an entire friggin' racket. It's like, oh, we're holding the tickets. So you have to pay us more money too. Screw them. Screw all of them. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> Quote me on that. Jeff Hawkins on Ticketmaster. Screw them. Screw all of
0: them. Uh, Ticketmaster's horrible, yeah. Well, oh, so, so
1: is is uh, feet! And, so, and, and, and uh, so
0: is, like, uh, but, like, so is this whole idea of jacking up the rates to stop scalping because it fundamentally misunderstands how scalping works as yes. a market, right? Like, it has no bearing what you're charging. It's—the way a scalper works is it's rate X plus $100 or rate X plus $150 or rate X plus $50. They're going to scalp regardless.
1: The XFL and its ownership group, Dwayne Johnson, Danny Garcia, and Jerry Cardinal announced at the ABC Disney Upfronts on May 17th that they have signed a five-year television deal for games on ABC, the ESPN Networks, and FX. Chris, when we get new theme songs.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I mean, it, when, when we get relaunched, absolutely. I, I, th- I think I think it's time. For a multi-tracked version of some of these theme songs, so uh, when we when we get a sense of the teams, maybe I pick out a th- couple th- few of them. I think it will be the
1: same teams that were existing before. Well, then
0: you know, uh, I remember the Falcons or something like that. You know, maybe we'll we we'll, we'll, we'll look at it. We'll, we'll <laughs> take we're going to take a look at it the week of. Um, who knows what I've got up my sleeves? Probably like a quick four-track recording.
1: Lots of interesting, um, at least observations from up front. For those of you who don't know what Upfronts are, this is the big rah-rah pre-season. This is our slate of shows for next season that all networks do to get you hyped, to show you which faded movie stars are now doing television shows, or what creator has now created something that will get canceled after three weeks on their network. These types of things. For WWE's sake, NBC Universal has shifted Raw from being categorized as an entertainment program to the sports division in order to attempt to increase its ad sales and perception. Now, here's where things get very, very interesting for those of you who are wrestling fans of a certain other promotion. AEW presence was minimal. There was a banner at Warner Media Properties basically listing a hit show from every night of the week that listed the NBA on Monday. Shopped on Tuesday, AEW Dynamite on Wednesday with a photo of Red Velvet, Anderson Cooper 360 on Thursday, Gold Rush on Friday, Love It or Leave It on Saturday, and 90 Day Fiance on Sunday. But as far as any pushing of their ratings, demos, or anything else, it wasn't there, although they really didn't do that for anyone. No AEW talent was there. There was a highlight of properties, and there was a quick AEW clip, but that was it. Wednesday is, this is Dave explaining away the the thing, but it's probably not going to work. So take this with a grain of salt. Wednesday is a bad day since all the talent was in Houston, but representatives from many of the key shows were there and they could have sent someone if the network wanted it. As noted, this went through many phases. The original was going to be a heavy push. Then it was very little presence. Then it was to be stronger. And as it turned out, it was positioned well at first, but wasn't pushed hard at all. WWE earlier in the week was a bigger deal with the Fox up front where they had a specific WWE SmackDown presentation that pointed out SmackDown is number one in the 18 to 34 demo on Friday nights and Roman Reigns was there on site. It is among the four major networks, but the NBA on cable beats it in that demo all the time. Dave just trying to stick that knife in WWE also got ad deals with movie studios pushing releases. Now, the Wall Street Journal had on had an article on David Zazley, the CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery, portraying his role in cost cutting, noting he grilled executives on green lighting a Clint Eastwood film, Cry Macho, which they didn't expect to turn a profit. He asked why they did, and it was told that Eastwood, who had made the studio tons of money over the year and had never delivered a movie late or over budget, but he didn't care about history and said, we don't owe anybody any favors. They are cutting back on spending, which no matter how people portray AEW ratings, is not a good sign for AEW and a balance of power in wrestling. Zazley pulled the plug on CNN Plus when it opened very weak, but was also only out a month, and it also canceled the DC Comics superhero movie The Wonder Twins planned because he felt the $75 million budget movie made no sense for a movie primarily slated for a streaming service. Hold up. Oh, hold that damn phone. We had a Wonder Twins movie and we're not getting it now. Oh, Chris. Chris, do you know the, the wonder of the Wonder Twins?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, no. no, no. You, you, you know what happened here, right? Zan is, er I believe Zan is the form of. No, 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 on, st- right? no. Step on, step on the punchline a little more here, Hawkins. Please, please. No, it's fine. It's fine. I'm, I'm. I'll just. I can wait. I can wait forever if I have no, to. What,
1: go, what, The what, Wonder Twins point
0: were point? deactivated, Hawkins. Thank That's you. what I was trying to get to. Thank <laughs> you. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> You uh, Do you do comedy? Have you ever done? Are you familiar oh, with the genre? Oh, do you, do you like it? No. Are, 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 you, are you actively hostile to Is that what's going on here?
1: Oh, I hate you so much right now because I had forgot all about that stupid line because I was so looking forward to trying to get a punchline with Gleek the monkey in there and I forgot about Wonder Twin Powers Activate. <laughs> Oh, you son of a... Okay. (laughs) As noted before, he's promising to cut $3 billion in costs, which also is not a good sign of a major change in a rights fees deal, and said the company intends to have the highest level of financial discipline there is. Now, I find that interesting. I don't know if they just decided to go... I think also they probably just cut out all that budget for upfronts for a for cuz they thought oh we're just a cable channel and it's that old school thinking of cable isn't as important as the networks now but chris you got to admit for a channel that hypes up its big money acquisitions in the nba and even the nhl to some respect number 1 putting red velvet
0: as your <laughs> as your well you got to leave with the best foot forward hawkins
1: look i love red velvet don't get me wrong
0: very, right, right. very attractive so you, you, stunning looking young okay. woman. I, like, like that that part no I look <laughs> it, if she was good in the ring if she was like a top guy in the ring makes all the sense in the world yes. but I think we all know that she is not yes
1: this is like uh this is like the NBA on TNT uh going for like
0: uh <laughs> like Tyreek Evans or something like that like 30 <laughs> 35 year old Tyreek. I don't even know if he's still in the league at this yeah. point <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah you know some some eight Eighth man on the bench of the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know Ty Jerome. They made Ty Jerome the face of the NBA on TNT or something like that. And I love Ty Jerome. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but yeah, I was I a just, big Tyreek Evans
0: guy back in the day. Okay, Rick was good.
1: I almost made a mid 90s like like who who would I call it? like James Buda Edwards from the Detroit Pistons or something like that. You know something to that effect world be
0: free like like oh, they, that yeah, yeah. rick mahorn
1: they made rick mahorn the face yeah. of the nba on tnt something to that effect yeah uh in other news jim ross has signed a new 18-month deal to continue in an announcing role okay
0: That's uh, that's too bad
1: maybe it's it'll be a different announcing role than it currently is one can yeah hope. That,
0: that, that'd be great that'd be great that'd be great i i look for positives
1: Yes, we'll see. But uh, Ross's first three-year deal co- with the company was said at the time to be the largest contract Ross had ever had signed in wrestling.
0: God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. Moving on because I've been too negative. Uh, Hawkins, mind,
0: so. you'll never convince me there's meritocracy. That's no. my punchline on that
1: one. Oh, there is built up, yeah. Uh, you know
0: he's not gonna pay that performance so look, that look, the, uh,
1: look i i get when when certain players who have been great for a franchise who have gotten old and lost a step complain that oh look at all i did for the company i understand that but at the same time
0: <laughs> how long do you get to keep making that argument though like, like you know what i mean like it, it's one thing if it's like going back to like the NBA or whatever, giving a player a contract for one year more than you probably should as a way of saying, thank you. Jim Ross is operating on equity. That's 15 years old at this point. He, I'm sorry. He
1: made another reference to the Orient during a match with somebody from Japan this week. And I just, I just cringed. So let's, he didn't, at least he didn't call him Oriental, but he goes this man from the, Orient this young man from the Orient. And I just went, Oh, Jim, come on, brother. Uh, Nicole Savoy announced her retirement at the last hood slam show up in Northern California. Sad moment for me. Y'all know, I love me some Nicole Savoy. Uh, went to see shimmer 91 in Orlando. And I, I, you know, sure I was late to the party, but hooked. This is a woman who did not make nearly a, a, as much in wrestling as she should have on her big day of a tryout at the WWE performance center. Of course they're over exerting them on these stupid drills and she tears her ACL. Comes back from it. Has a pretty good indie career afterwards. Does the Mae Young Classic. Can talk. Can can talk a lot of smack. Great stuff in Shimmer with the trifecta stable with Mercedes Martinez and Shayna Baszler. I wanted her signed to one of the big two for at least a run. But it looks like she's just done with the whole thing.
0: That's unfortunate. Uh, Yeah, she... she Look, uh, I, they're... Is still a, a real space for, for women stars in this business because I, I don't. I, I mean, I, you, you've got your Britt Baker's and like your Charlotte's, but I, I think that there can be a higher profile for women and there's enough space for there. There, there was enough space for someone like Nicole Savoy to be more successful than Yeah, she should they, have. they
1: put her with that. They put her in the big swole, little swole thing, which did not. I mean, they made her second banana to, to big swole. And swole, I think that yeah. was just that was the wrong half of the team to sign. And I said that originally, but hey. Teacher and Ric Flair back in training for a match that will be promoted by Conrad Thompson, his son-in-law, piggybacking off of SummerSlam in Nashville. Ric Flair is 73 years old. Match will be held in the Nashville Fairgrounds, which would probably hold around 1,400 with a modern setup. On July 31st, the Sunday – I don't know why I said July like that because it was 7.31 in my notes. I'm trying to figure out what 7 is. The Sunday after the Saturday night SummerSlam at Nissan Stadium. It's the big draw for StarCast, a concept he first used at WWE pay-per-view shows, blah, blah, blah. Thompson is billing the show as being promoted by Jim Crockett Promotions and calling it Jim Crockett Promotions Presents Ric Flair's Last Match. Would indicate this was his last match, but who knows? In addition, there will be what is billed as the final four horseman reunion with Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Lex Luger, Barry Windham, and J.J. Dillon doing a stage show together on July 30th, also at the Nashville Fairgrounds. <laughs> Brent Hart will be also be doing a Q and A there. Olie Anderson, obviously not coming because he's a cranky old sob. That said. The rumor for the match, possibly a six person with Ric Flair teaming up with FTR to take on the Rock and Roll Express and a mystery opponent. It has been said that they reached out to Ricky Steamboat, who politely declined at the time, but that's the given rumors. Chris, Ric Flair wrestling at 73 years old, and he's been putting out videos of working out in a gym with Jay Lethal.
0: It, he's not doing a singles match. He's doing like a tag match, right? Uh, we don't saying? know
1: yet, but it's rumored to be a, look, six- look
0: six- if it, if it's a tag match, he's going to go in, he'll do some glory spots. It will be a perfectly entertaining exhibition. Uh, and he won't be in that sort of scenario. I don't think he'll be in any great health risk. So whatever. I, I
1: <laughs> tell that, uh, uh, by the way, an addendum to this, Tell that to former WCW announcer Chris Cruz, who has gone on a campaign against Ric Flair wrestling, citing the health risk, and wrote a letter to the Maryland State Athletic Commission trying to get them to step in if he was to wrestle in that state. Tennessee does not regulate pro wrestling, but Chris Cruz sent a letter to the commissioners of the Nashville Fairgrounds, Mayor John Cooper, and has contacted the Nashville, Tennessee newspaper saying that it's a danger and he has a pacemaker installed.
0: (laughs) Uh, you know, I'm <laughs> just going to say, point. uh, yeah, but does he have an ax to grind outside yes. of this with Rick right, 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 right. Yeah. So I, I, I guess I'll start with convince me that he's doing this out of the goodness and kindness of his heart and that there's not ulterior motives before I start giving him too much credit
1: lighter items now before we go into the lazy river wwe has filed the trademark bloody brutes on may 12th with the name set to be used for professional wrestling performances it is rumored that this will be the name of the seamus uh butch stable (laughs) how do you feel about that i liked the easty boys better i liked fight club better bloody brutes is kind of meh to me
0: yeah, I, I would have went with Butch Squadron, but, like, this is this is pretty good. <laughs> Bloody Brutes.
1: Uh, kind of interesting rumor and innuendo. Edge apparently had handpicked Harland for Judgment Day. But WWE had found out something behind the scenes, and they cut Harland. That would have been an uh, intriguing choice.
0: I know. Uh, I, I mean...
1: Because no, no offense to Parker Boudreaux, but he was green, man. I mean, green as goose crap. I just... If he had been brought to the main roster, I think he would have died within a year, to be honest. Yeah,
0: I, I'm with you. I, I, no matter I, how
1: good his look. No, I
0: mean- no. I think that there's always... This deception, especially among people who are a little bit newer to wrestling, that when guys are getting presented like monsters like this, big heel monsters like this, the implication is that they're very good at wrestling, and oftentimes it's exactly the opposite. They're not very good at wrestling, so they're being given dominant matches to protect them from us seeing that uh, they've got some weak spots.
1: Of interest to those of you on the indie scene, Pro Wrestling Gorilla has announced its next globe show at the Globe Theater in Los Angeles on July third, holiday weekend. If you want to fly out, make plans. Lineup is of interest to Chris because one of the one of the matches, Aramis versus Shane Haste, aka Slapjack.
0: Yeah, there we go. I was like, like who? Uh, slapjack? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. Chris doesn't even know I, who these people
1: are. I know. I know. No. Forgotten his no. Name.
0: no. I, Shane is is the man who plays Slapjack is fine but sla- Slapjack pre character I gotta stop you Slapjack is a compelling and timeless character that I think we'll look back on in a hundred years in the same way that we look back at Charlie Chaplin as a delightful imp who sort of transcends time. I think in, in, the, in the 22nd century, they will look back at Slapjack as sort of like a, the way, the same way that we look back at Bockwinkle, at Harley Race, at, at some of these other top guys from yesteryear.
1: Of also interest to I love me. you, Hawkins. Thank you. <laughs> he plays Slapjack on a pre-scripted television show that uh, <laughs> Uh, Mike Bailey, Speedball, taking on Buddy Matthews. That sounds sounds amazing to me. But also, for the first time since 2011, PWG has booked a women's match. Yuka Sakazaki versus Masha Slamovich. Last time there was a women's match there, it was Candice LeRae versus Portia Perez. I am thinking about possibly trying to get tickets because I adore Yuka Sakazaki. I I think that's going to I don't know if Masha Slamovich will be able to hang with Yuka, but Yuka and PWG, I'm here for that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm what not are your my... feelings
1: on the Yuka Sakazaki character, by the way? Do you not... know who Yuka Sakazaki is? I, I,
0: I, the name? I, I, I don't, but I i would just say okay, generally, she's spe- the one who no, faced, generally okay,
1: She's the one who faced Riho in the first round of the Owen. The one who does the little genie.
0: Uh, oh! Yes. Okay, I do know who she is. Yeah, a great character. Not nearly as timeless as Slapjack, but yes. I, I, now, now, now that you say that, uh, yeah, I, I like Yuka, and I think you know, people people like a genie character. Do they love it <laughs> like a Slapjack? No, probably not
1: as beloved as Slapjack. No. Oh, uh, and and one last thing: uh, talking to Twitter or taking to Twitter to defend uh, the former. what What is his name? The other half of MSK. His name's Zach Wentz, but I can't remember his, uh, his, his dumb name. MJF wrote, I lived with this man. He's not an anti-Semite. Stop virtual saving and let the man do his job. Of course, the tweet was deleted very, very soon after. <laughs> but look, I, yeah, I don't know. That's a little difficult to get into. Wentz also came out with a very long apology about doing that when he was 19. Are we going to, are we going to have people? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, no,
0: I, I mean, look, um, I, I share my thoughts at the time. The, yeah. the, the, they're, they're just something I, I would never, ever, ever recommend to anyone to take a photo of when no. you shave a Hitler mustache on shave day for, you know, and you have yourself a little Hitler mustache for half of, for, you know, half an hour or whatever on shave day, just to see what it looks like. Um, I would never recommend taking pictures of it. I would never, never say to post those on the internet. It doesn't appear that that's what happened either. Um, no, they're and,
1: old photos, and it's one of those and, things where and, it's and, like, and
0: old photos that yeah, like it might have that that were like private photos, basically being shared between a couple. Uh, yeah, it, it, the whole people, thing maybe people me feel- grow
1: up. People grow up.
0: I, I, it's right. Than
1: sexual assault.
0: I, I, well, okay. So, well, obviously, but like, I, I mean, I think I get where MJF was going yes. with this too. Yes. And, yes. And, but like, he just didn't. I, what I think sucks here for MJF is. No one even wanted to hear out what MJF was yeah, trying to say. Yeah. I can imagine immediately what was happening was he's the getting tell you, yeah, no, what? Well, well, I mean, not, not, well,
1: no, not that, okay. that way, but
0: well, a well, mob. Well, I want, yeah, well, I want to even like pull away, like capital T, capital M, the mob, and sort of like put, yeah, like, no, a specific- that's what I meant. I, I want, put specificity yeah. on what type of action. So he's, so you're this dude, MJF. You're trying to speak up for this guy that you know who you legitimately think is not anti-Semitic. All of a sudden, you are getting bombarded with mm-hmm. images of yeah. either Hitler. Hitler or whence looking like Hitler, um, which is like like no one wants that. Oh, I was, uh, saying,
1: I was saying the opposite way. Where I was like, "What are you saying that it's okay to uh, uh, you know that kind and, of and,
0: thing?" And that too, and so it's like it's like those three flavors. It's a Neapolitan ice cream yes. of crap. Yes, uh, yes. So no, I, I get why MJF wanted to shimmy sham the hell away from this. Yes, but it, but it, it sucks because I think we are. Look, sometimes. I think people are completely deserving of uh, the the worst interpretations, and that they live up to the the scrutiny that they deserve. I think there is also an increasing impulse among many to assume the worst intentions from the start, uh, in, in part because so often now it gets borne out. Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs>
1: That will conclude the news section. Now onto the lazy river of professional wrestling criticism. Anything we watched over the week, anything that comes to mind, perhaps even a, an aside or two. It's fair game here between Chris and myself. I'm going to start with a short one, and then I'm going to let Chris dive into whatever the hell he wants to, because I have been talking way too much as usual. I really, really liked the short but sweet match from Patriotic Wrestling Federation in York, South Carolina, that Dax Harwood tweeted out between FTR and the team of Master and Machine, Griff Garrison and Marcus Cross, both of whom have been on AEW television quite a bit. Mick Foley seconding them. I don't know, Chris. I kind of missed the mud days of high school wrestling gyms, and would adore if Tony Khan came out with a hey. AEW wrestling be a great fundraiser for your civic organization or sports team commercials with all the B guys available, but uh, good for them. I like this Griff Garrison Marcus cross team a lot more than Griff Garrison and, and Brian Pillman, to be honest with you.
0: Uh, that's because brian pillman comes out there every time and uh lights the turd on fire when he (laughs) he gets the microphone
1: i actually saw saw another match with them against the briscoes and it was very very good as well I, I i
0: i like them in the ring but yeah he pillman jr is just not any good on the mic um yeah look uh ftr just continues to be they're great they're just amazing they're just a fantastic tag team um i'm going to i think Zag where everyone else is zigging on Samoa Joe and Johnny Elites, John Morrison, Johnny okay. Mundo, whatever you want to call him. I think John Morrison's still pretty damn good. and I, 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 he, He's a pretty friggin' impressive physical specimen for a guy in his early 40s. He could still move at at a very high rate. He is not Jeff Hardy like i don't need to see matt and jeff like they they are not turning in good work i don't feel that way about john morrison i still feel like john morrison can go
1: let me get my biases out quickly um john morrison in my extended circle of friends uh mostly due to improv but also he he did a movie for a friend of mine so if i name drop her Oh, yeah. okay, cool. But, you know, it's you know, he's treated me and my friends very, very well. Very nice guy. Like him a lot. I really do. I think he was a good choice for the Joker because he is a guy who could give you a decent match, but also who you could beat. And I think people have been putting too much into these Joker things as having to be the greatest thing and having to make a huge impact. When in general, the Joker has always been somewhat of a disappointment. See Leo rush in the battle royal,
0: and See, you don't want to push the Joker as the guy who wins the whole tournament. Correct. That, that's like that's that's bad. That's you know a dynamite booking. You know, not not like AEW dynamite. I mean like oh, there's a stick of dynamite. It, it, it's not. No, you want you want the known quantities there. The Joker is an obstacle along the way for someone who was relevant in the story to overcome yes um but but they they should not be the focus and so no i i like i liked morrison as that pick for that reason as well
1: so in general i liked the pick and i agreed with the pick and i thought it was a solid pick would would there have been a couple other people i would have rather wanted yes i would have rather much rather wanted uh like i said two cold scorpio or someone who had worked with owen because i don't think there's enough owen hart in this owen hart tournament i think it's a tournament more than it is a tribute to Owen Hart. But there's enough with the Bret Hart stuff. That that's fine. That's good. I thought they were both a little off with each yes. other. I didn't think there was chemistry? No. Um so I'm not gonna overpraise the match. I thought the match was decent. I, there's something about, and let me—it's me, weird
0: when I when I'm making my comment that Morrison can still go. I'm almost yes. making that argument in spite of this in match, in spite of the match, because yeah. I, I saw enough there to see that like he can still do it. They just weren't clicking, and, and I, yeah. I I wouldn't lay that at his doorstep or Joe's doorstep. No, I, it's, I, it, yeah, it comes
1: yeah. with familiarity, and I don't think they have wrestled each other in a very very long time, if at all. And I think it's one of those things where you're, you know, once once you get used to each other, it, it was a bit of a styles clash, admittedly. I Let me see if this rings true for you, because I don't know how much of my wheelhouse you've watched in terms of wrestling. Samoa Joe is really in these latter stages, coming off like an old school Wahoo McDaniel type, just a big brawling bruiser who chops the crap out of guys.
0: <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, I, 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 see, I see. Yes, as he gets a little less mobile, he's yes. he's just like, I'm gonna be stiff as hell. We're gonna have a stiff fight in the middle of the ring for a minute. And I'm um, here for that. I'm have- I'm pretty cool with that. Like I actually don't need him to do all the dives out of the ring all that often. Like like I don't, I I I could. I, as a connoisseur of Joe wrestling, can see the drop-off, but it doesn't necessarily result in that much of a less satisfying match for me.
1: Uh, let me take the other joker, since we're on the subject of, of these tournaments, and Maki Ito.
0: A goddess uh, who I'm walks a, I am us. a fan
1: of Maki Ito. The most
0: entertaining.
1: Her so. unrepentant stupidity is fantastic. The purists came out, Chris, and were like, Oh, we wanted a great wrestling match here. Right, you tell me she's not blah, good blah. at wrestling, Hawkins?
0: Because uh, really, I'm telling you this. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you, no, she's, she's not. She's not. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. I'm
1: telling you, it's more of an Owen tribute than people think. Because hey, remember when Owen died? What everybody said about him is he could make you laugh. Maki Ito makes me laugh, and that's Owen. Fun.
0: Owen would love Maki Ito. Don't, this, even, don't, 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 <laughs> don't even you purists. Don't even kid yourself. And M- Owen would absolutely adore Maki Ito as a character. He would get that she's like, "No, I no, go at the ring too." But he would appreciate how she, she is extraordinarily entertaining with that entrance every single time. With the
1: with the dead dead botting herself and the and the head drop and then the weird fire up with the turnbuckle which I don't think she's ever done before, but the 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 staging of this match was perfect geek heel who has teamed with star heel match in many many ways the star heel hugs her the the geek heel tricky heel decides I'm going to get one over on her rolls her up to try and get the quick pin kind of laughs at but also then stops drives her foot in the ground to, to you know to taunt her and then Brit just destroys her until we get a comedic fire up spot in the turnbuckle that ultimately falls short and Brit takes her, pl- take, takes her rightful place over her I thought this was a perfectly acceptable match for the story they told in the tournament. Brit, I, I loved, I loved the finger poke of doom threat. I thought that was good too, because that's total. And then trying to screw her. I don't understand. I, I don't, didn't. I mean, your other choices here would have been what? what? Athena, who's pretty good, but you don't want to beat Athena on her first match in, do you? If you think she has something. Aki, you know, perfectly acceptable to come in and eat this pin
0: and it, it move really, I, I, And she's like literally a joker; like she yes, actually, she exactly, lives, she literally lives up to the definition of what this role yes, is supposed to be. Finally,
1: finally, after all these jokers, we finally get a joker.
0: Russ, that, and she even kind of looks like Harley Quinn. So, like, like, it, <laughs> it, 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 no, it, it makes. A lot more sense for people like Johnny Elite and Maki Ito to be in these roles than these star debuts. Again, because the role of a Joker in these tournaments is to be an obstacle for an important uh, primary character yes. in the tournament. It is not to be the surprise. The new character. star.
1: The nope. new star. Yeah, No,
0: and, and, or and more importantly, the tournament winner. So that even if you were gonna have the Joker overcome someone and be like the surprise upset in the first round, you'd still probably have whoever that Joker would be in this hypothetical tournament eat a pin in the second or in the finals. Like they wouldn't be the person who ultimately win it. It's more narrow. It's more narratively satisfying when you you have a known quality to begin this story. Your turn. Um. Okay. So, uh, I will go on and talk about the MJF and Wardlow stuff just continues to click yes. with the audience with me I I he he is he he's Chris, I'm so gonna oversell. Good.
1: I'm gonna oversell you on this I thought this segment was perfect I thought it was absolutely perfect for a wrestling segment for a, yeah for a, for a penultimate show before the go home I thought you tell me what you thought, because I, I don't want to. I don't want to overstep you on your on your point,
0: I, man. It, dude, like it, the best part for me was when MJF snapped and did six lashes in a row, like he burned through four, or he did like four in a row and he burned through four of his 10 lashes just like lightning fast, just because he lost it. That like Wardlow was actually able to snap MJF. MJF for his part did an incredible job with the acting on that. And Wardlow for his part did a great job. At number nine, where he winced, Uh, that, that, that was, that was good. I mean, that they finally were able to break him on the ninth one, but he was able to break MJF first. Uh, Dude, like this was so good. Uh, you may not like, uh, you may not like one of these segments or whatever. I gotta tell you, you, you're going to be hard pressed to find a better blocking for one of these segments than the one that you just saw last week. This is very, very well.
1: I loved the, the yin and yang of this versus the Cody whipping segment where Cody's overselling every single belt shot as if it killed him and Wardlow's no-selling this. Because someone brought up, you know, the way to do this is for Wardlow to no-sell most of this. And I'm like, it's going to be hard to no-sell a belt shot, but damn if they didn't do it. And damn if that nut shot on number nine, or after number nine, I, I, you know what? I should have known it was coming and I didn't see it. And it was perfect. It was perfect to do that. And then, and then for him to just continually whipping after the 10 things were, that were done. And then also uh, like snapping afterwards was also great. Not only during when he, when he wasted some of his lashes, that was cool, but also like choking him with the belt, which you would do if you had a belt for real, you know, that kind of thing. And, And just continually beating him after, after even, you know, the referee tried to step in. I, this was such a good segment. They're doing all, they are hitting all the right beats here with it.
0: Yeah. I, I, I I was off the train and they got me back on the train. Uh, I I can't give it any higher notes. Look when MJF pairs down and scales down the performance a little bit. It's weird because like, this was like a, you know, an intense moment sort of thing, but it was actually, he was playing within the scene rather than trying to like play above the scene or act above the scene. And when he's not hamming and trying to do comedy, dude, he's a great heel. He yeah. really is. And that's
1: what I want, want him to lay off on is the, is the self-aware comedy in so many ways. But yeah, I, I get that. Uh, so it's interesting. This is perfect. I'm going to go for my, for my two other picks, even though we're, we're, we're alternating. I'm going to go with something that was not good to me and something that was a mixed bag or was a mixed bag to me, but you can argue either way. So the Serena D promo, great content, dreadful execution, absolutely. And not just her, the situation she was put in here. This promo would have been great as a backstage vignette after Tony finishes another interview with somebody and you could do the recut and you could get the correct emotions in there and you could get the correct enunciations in and do it. This is not an arena promo. This is a backstage promo or a studio wrestling promo or just a, give her the microphone and let her talk into the camera promo. She cannot control an audience of 11,000 people. She has to do this kind of promo one-on-one where she has the chip on her shoulder and she's angry at Tony and then goes in the camera and starts talking about how WWE misused her. A manager possibly could have cut this off while she was standing there fuming. Perhaps Taz, perhaps Tully Blanchard. Two guys who can do angry promos really, really well in front of that kind of audience and can maintain... And audience's attention because they were doing the what chance in the middle of this promo. I like Serena Deeb a lot. This was a failure on so many levels to me and the, and the content was so good. This could have been a legendary promo for Serena Deeb if they had, if they had just taken the care and time to do it correctly, in my opinion. And I had another point and I can't, Oh, I know what it was. Um, I'll give this to you as well, Chris, just as a thought. Talking about all the sexism in WWE and all the harassment and the creepy old men thing. Knowing in the back of your mind that Serena Deeb is dating a problematic
0: individual.
1: Is there Who's any... She dating? Marty Skrull.
0: Oh, ooh, ooh.
1: Any thoughts relating to that you can add in there or if you want to avoid it, I understand. But your thoughts on the Serena Deeb promo.
0: So there was indeed good potentially home run stuff in there involving cutting her hair, the pressed implants, like all the sacrifices she's made for the business. I think that this needed to be written much more tightly. It needed to really be about Dustin and Deeb, and it needed to occur backstage and, and okay. a, an important moment in that whole, it, like Tony was a waste of time. Like she was like calling out everyone and it pulled the focus. It was you're Im- it's impossible to focus on any one person. Because you're having to focus on everyone concurrently. Um, So I would have had her just lock in on Dustin. Dustin as like a male proxy for Thunder Rosa. It works because they both like half paint their face too. Like like there are certain things about Dustin as the stand-in that are actually quite good. But the most important thing in that exchange between her and Dustin that needed to occur didn't occur, which is she kept asking Dustin a question and Dustin needed to answer it. And it needed to upset her and really set her off and be the whole catalyst for her beating the crap out of Dustin. Like, he should have said something like, you don't. You lack the character to be a champion. It's not that you lack the skill. You lack the character. You're not the type of person I would want to see be a champion. You you don't. The way you are acting right now is not becoming of the a. The way
1: champion you anymore. carry yourself. You don't not, carry
0: not, yourself yeah. like a champion, and, and and that needed to finally make Deeb snap. That 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 she's like, oh, I don't care myself like a champion and like she breaks his ankle or something like that. And then Rosa comes out for the save. And and again, I don't really think it needed to be about a belt shot on Thunder Rosa, because also a singular belt shot on Thunder Rosa, what's that supposed to do? It'd be one thing if it was like pivoting into deep baiting Rosa to like you know, hurt her knee or something like that. But but what Deeb's play here was isn't entirely clear. I guess it was just like mind games or whatever. And and then Ross with the WWE ism of Serena Deeb has tons of momentum coming out of that. Like how she does your turn, sir. Um, okay. So Kyle O'Reilly versus Ray <laughs> Phoenix, much better than Kyle O'Reilly's previous matchup. It was, it was, uh, it, it was fine. Um, like it, 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 it was much closer to where I expect a Kyle O'Reilly matchup to be.
1: If they had kept them separate for weeks and they could have played this up as a battle of styles, I think that would have been awesome, the ground game versus Phoenix. I think it definitely cut into the Jeff Hardy main event, though, because it, well, looked, and, what, it and what a
0: shame that is.
1: Yeah, I no, trust me, I, I get that notion. But on the other hand, it looked like Kyle was fully in control of calling this match until Phoenix kind of said, Hey, I want to do some of my stuff here and let's do this, 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 and this. And then it started to drag on. And then on that, on that last mat thing, it was like that struggle need to be about a minute and a half shorter than it was. And I don't know what was going on there, but <laughs> it, it, they jam banded this thing quite a bit. I thought, um, to a point where it took a nice tight match and kind of made it drag a bit.
0: Yeah, I I get that too. I I I I was just coming in here based off of O'Reilly's last match, which I thought was a stinker. Uh, it it it's, it's weird because I I used to view him as m- much more of a top tier guy, and he just hasn't been working at that level lately.
1: Let let me uh, let me add some before I get to the thing that was a mixed bag. Uh, I want to I want to praise something because I I feel like we've been doing a lot of negativity on the show. I really enjoyed. I I enjoyed positive guy. I enjoyed Adam Page and Takeshita. I I really. Yeah. And and by the way, on this PWG show, it's going to be Danny Garcia versus Takeshita, which ought to be, that ought to be some smoke right there. The only, the only minor quibble I have with this, with this match was Takeshita needed. They need to get rid of that, that final fighting spirit thing for me I don't like fighting spirit I like watching the struggle of a guy give it his all and be exhausted and not necessarily get the final I've stuck quarters in the arcade machine to get a final spark of life thing and the the no sell clothesline off the top rope, the discus clothesline, him no selling that and firing up to eat the buckshot lariat, I didn't like it I just it, it it rang hollow to me. I would have much rather have seen him, exhaustedly, turn around, kind of accepting his fate, and eating that buckshot lariat. The match itself, good lord, absolutely fantastic stuff. I thought.
0: Yeah, I know. I I, I that, and I I think they they've been doing a nice job towing this line with Adam Page's presentation too, where right. you, you just don't quite know where we're going to end up with this guy. And when it's all said going into this main event, I, I you know, I, the build to this punk and page match has been quite good too. In its own way.
1: Yeah, no, it has been really good. I want, I want a couple of promos though on Wednesday in Vegas. To, to yeah. yeah you know, but, I,
0: but I actually think like avoiding that and like having page wrestle has been smart. because um, like page when he's been on the mic throughout, this has been kind of the weak point. Uh, it's when yeah. Paige and Punk... I Punk don't even need on a
1: confrontation. Mic. I just need yeah. them each each cutting a promo on the other somewhere.
0: Yes. Yes. Or okay. I guess Punk needs to say something and then Paige needs to do something. Your Honor. Um, My Honor is <laughs> indeed up there. Um, Boy, William Regal Okay, is... here we go. Cause this you want to talk other, about other Joker point? and Wild Card... Uh, the wild card, the biggest wild card in AEW right now is William Regal's mouth, which is liable to say all sorts of things, not necessarily problematic things, just stuff that makes you go, huh? It it was a few weeks ago. I don't have much time left on this earth or whatever that, that bizarre line was. And this week is, I like to shove your toothbrush up my ass. Um, and... I don't feel like Regal shoving the toothbrush up his ass makes for a better program or, or a stronger program. Um, I, I think it actually brought down the seriousness of the Blackpool Combat Club. Thank you. And Thank,
1: I made this point on Wednesday on the Dynamite show I
0: did because uh, people were over-praising this thing, and I said, no. it No, no, it sucked. It, it, people were praising this? Oh, yeah, people loved it. I, I'm not damning Fine. it to hell, but like it was bad. Like, can we? I, I guess was, we can't. We can't all agree on that, but we should be all able to agree on that. Like, Chris, it let was me expound.
1: Let me expound on your point about his mouth. Not only did he do that, I might, I might, you know, I might. I don't have much time on this earth, type of thing. Last week, the quote-unquote. Oh, look how awesome this vignette about the Black Bull Combat Club is. He's talking about taking a knife and cutting people's face. So that people remember the scars. And this week he's talking about shoving people's toothbrushes up his butt. All right. The, the the Jericho Appreciation Society can do these sports entertainment type promos and wacky comedy. And oh my God, no, you didn't.
0: And, and actually, I, you know, it would have been great if Jericho had brought up the whole T angle that everyone was obsessed with this week. And Regal had been like, that crap is over. Yes. Chris. Yes. Christopher, we're not doing that. My young friend, not so young friend. Yes, we're not doing that anymore. I wanted,
1: I wanted angry Regal calling him Sunshine Regal. I, I, that's what I. Let me tell you something, Sunshine. You know that kind of thing. And I, I actually wanted him to end screaming blood and guts, but we're not gonna get a blood guts match because they can't do two rings in the in the Las Vegas thing for double or nothing. But yeah, I wanted these guys. I mean, Kingston brought it with all business. Moxley. Close, but Regal needed to be the guy setting the tone here for for that side of the ledger, and he didn't. And that's why I thought this kind of failed in a, in, in some ways. I, I just it, it it went on, and you're just like that. That just did not match the tone, and especially with the Danny Garcia uh, uh, tag on it about oh I shoved your toothbrush up my butt too. I it got a good reaction, I got a laugh, but that's not the guy I want to laugh from. That's the guy I want to fear.
0: Yeah. I I and and the whole hope with Danny Garcia was that like this was going to improve and intensify his presentation and like th- that's not happening here. It just isn't. Uh it, and it's unfortunate cuz Garcia was a uh, hot property and now he's a doofus in a beret.
1: I still like him here, but man, there has to be
0: No, I like Matt and Ange here. Okay. But H- Hager and Garcia aren't adding anything. Hager,
1: though, <laughs> I talked about this as well. Hager has potential to add things. They just never script the right lines for him because his deal should be he's giving un- – he doesn't have any self-awareness that he's not entertaining, but he thinks he's entertaining, but he's also not trying to be entertaining at the same time. It's like, it would
0: be really good if like he would say stuff and and, and every single time the reaction from everybody was sort what? of like yeah what the yeah, hell and, you know, and they, and they, thinking, and they yeah. have to try to get back on track every yeah yeah no that's yeah 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 no yeah, 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 no, exactly. no good 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 one jake yeah yeah that's great that's enough but that was great that was very funny no uh, in, no
1: like in that first thing where, where he goes uh um <laughs> when they're introducing themselves as sports entertainers and if if Jack, if he had gone, if he had gone. You know what we do really well? We dance. And then everyone just kind of looks at them for a moment. Goes, no, man, we ain't doing that. What are you talking about? And they just move on. With it. Those <laughs> kinds of lines. Those lines that where everybody just kind of turns to him and goes, "What the hell are you talking about?" And then try and get back on track, dude. Those things are money here. The 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 the, the offsetting of of mixed martial art. Jake Hager. Being a quote unquote sports entertainer, that, yeah, no, that would work here. But uh, I have watched no other wrestling this week. What do you got? Anything? Do
0: You it, want to delve into NXT? It, no, it's so hard to watch that crappy show. I, let, let me get some results. We'll we'll do it right quick here. But like that show is horrible. I I it, it's just juvenile young
1: veterans as druids not doing it for you. God,
0: God, uh, NXT results. Um, like. And, and, you know, I, I, I put it on when I'm going to bed like that. That's, that's (laughs) no, it what a what a crazy, what a crazy shift over this last decade from when I used to caption this stuff. And it would be the thing I would look forward to do all week at work to now this is a show that like bores me to tears. And if it was still on my work radar, I, I, it would be, it would be like better than doing like the worst things that I used to well, have. Let's the, bring up the
1: one cool thing I saw of it and then let's call it a day here. And and even though it was cool, I, I have fears. Uh, the smaller Creed brother or the more round, shorter Creed brother doing that cannonball off the top rope and then landing on his feet. I don't kill your knees, brother, but it was awesome to see
0: yeah brutus brutus and julius yeah that's brutus that's that's brutus Brutus is a short one um and yeah no julius they're both great um Andre chase is continues to be oh yes he's uh, great too yeah he's he's actually very entertaining um i the the review i'm looking at didn't seem to like this match at all i mean look it, it is what it was um
1: Andre chase ain't there to give you good matches
0: He's no, not. what are, what are no, people expecting? I mean, no, it's... It, 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 like it's he can't have good matches in this NXT. This NXT is not. The, uh, it's not even about Andre Chase. This dude. isn't a
1: star rating fit this, anymore.
0: This, yeah, this NXT is not there to give you good matches. Um, now still grading on that curve. Kiana James stinks. Um, like she, she that, that entrance. I like, her gate and everything. was just lacking um she she's she's pretty girl and business casual that's her no but her promo also sucks yeah she's not she's not i i want to say this nicely she does not speak in a way that tracks with super brain
1: (laughs) i agree i just it's like I, i wanted to watch impact but i didn't have time but that's looking like it's going to be added, I think, probably next week on Thursday. Because the Briscoes are just awesome, and I love them. And uh, they have good wrestlers there. It's just, it always feels like, it always still feels like TNA to me. And I can't get past that sometimes. I can't get past the bad taste in my mouth of what TNA brings to the table. But uh, I know,
0: you, you'll always be worried that it's like a turnkey TNA that at any yeah. moment it might turn back into TNA. Sell me
1: on it, kids. Sell me on watching it more and more Impact because I do like a lot of the people there. It's just one of those things where I'm a little nervous. I, I watch enough wrestling during but but uh, let's end it there. I am Jeff Hawkins. You can follow me on Twitter at Crap Game Thirteen. He is Chris Novembrino. You can follow him at DWATG. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Shows for every type of niche fandom you can see and also the flagship which pretty much covers it all every week dropping around wednesday or thursday sometimes even early on a tuesday joe and rich three hours of wrestling talk my god i can't even imagine but they do it and they do it very entertainingly i am on a show over on another patreon network patreon.com slash fight game media five bucks a month you're gonna hear my hot takes on dynamite called the dynamite show very creative myself and Paul Ace Fontaine. Hear a lot of those points this week, to be honest with you. But hey, they got a lot of great shows. They have an impact show over there, they have a lot of other shows over there. um Chris does shows on politics because he likes to get out of his comfort zone. And <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. I just meant out of wrestling. But it's called Don't Worry About the Government. He's going to plug it for you now.
0: Yeah, Don't Worry About the Government. It was a show I, I used to do pretty regularly here over the last decade. It's Did exactly. you just
1: drop an episode?
0: Yeah, I, I did. Okay. Like I'm we're still doing one, one, one a month. you not here. want to
1: plug this anymore? Because we. No,
0: no, to. it's it's No, I still want to plug. Jeez Louise, you're trying to get me to cancel my politics show. I cancel you. Yes. Uh, it's <laughs> patreon.com/slash/dwatg. Don't worry about the government. Uh, I need to edit the show, but if you want to watch the video version, you can go a buck or show shows all I ask, which translates to a whopping one dollar a month. So if you've enjoyed this and you want to hear another podcast, a buck. A show over at patreon.com slash D-W-A-T-G is all I ask. Uh, I would appreciate it. Slapjack for effort, people.
1: I'm trying to get that sweet, sweet Novembrina lucre over to shake them ropes.